I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship Thank you very much, and once again we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking, our program here called The Mariner's Call. Uh, this old mariner, by the grace of God, many, many years ago the Lord took me off of an old boat and uh, placed me in the book of God. And it's good to have this opportunity to be with you. Sure appreciate the station airing our program here from the Office and Ministries of Fishers of Men Ministries International here in the Port of Bon Secours, Alabama. Uh, at this particular time, we're going to start all the way in the beginning. Whenever you're listening to our program, morning, noon, and night, thank you for being there. Genesis chapter 1, we'll look at a number of verses here and talk about how that in God's great creation here, the six days of creation, it's kind of like we're looking at the life in the life of a man whom God has saved. We find that salvation... As an act of God, in fact, God speaks of man and the act of God and his salvation as being a creation. Ephesians chapter 2, Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I hope it will be a blessing and encouragement and strength to you. By the way, if you'd like to correspond with us, we are as close as that computer keyboard. If you have access to such, it's just F-O-M-M dot at period o-r-g that'll bring you directly to us you can sort of uh, surf through some stuff that's there and if we can help you please uh, leave us a note you can also find our email address there you can also find our telephone call by the way thank you for some of us some of you people calling are calling from everywhere you know and what an encouragement and there was uh, one particular lady called the other day and she said I just had to call to tell you my address change <laughs> oh that's good that was good just to hear from her and to know that she had a change of address and uh, we sent out a little bi-monthly publication called the Castnet. Uh, we could uh, send that to you if you would so ask uh, for it the book of Genesis Genesis chapter 1 Genesis chapter 1 I like how the Bible begins I like to see how things begin, also how things end. But before us here is God's statement concerning the beginning of things still here today. I like the way it starts. In the beginning, God. Isn't that a blessing that that reads that way? In the beginning, God created. How did it all start? I have a, I have a couple of statements here. Let me just read for you something from the world. This is a professor from Oxford University. He says something like this, dark, turbulent seas bubble and spit like a pot of boiling mud. And in the midst of all this chaos, remarkably individual chemicals devoid of intelligence or understanding just comes together accidentally to form life. <laughs> no, no mistake. The Bible says in the beginning, God created. You know, think about the world's explanation 
as to how life came. Uh, further here, we get a little more detail with it. Now, this is the world's thoughts of how, how it all came to pass. Over time, simple molecules developed into larger and more complex biological molecules and eventually to cells. Following further diversification, some cells developed that became metabolically capable of photosynthesis, you know. <laughs> no way, my friend. It just cannot happen that way. You can't take my wristwatch and take it off and tell me that there's not a designer. You cannot take and look into the heavens and say there's not a designer. You cannot take, even as a doctor, and look at man's body, how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and not know that there's a designer to think about evolution, my friend, it's worse. It's worse than foolishness. It takes more faith to believe in things that's not factual than it is to believe the facts of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. But you know, God speaks of man and the act of God in his salvation as a creation. So I'll tell you what I can do. I can take these seven days of creation, or the six days of creation, and then the seventh, the, the resting, and I can put man right in there and show you the progression of how God takes and does a work in man's heart. And we can fit it right in these seven days of creation. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Verse 3, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 3. What happened the first day? It says this, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Right? What's number one? light. So we think about knowing what this light, this is not the light of the sun, moon, and stars. Now that doesn't come till uh, 14 and 15 and 16 of chapter one here, but this is the light of God himself, free from all impurities. God just shows himself as light. And the light as we know it today, which is its origin is the sun, of course, the heavenly bodies there, is only a witness of of the true light. Like Psalm 19, David said, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. So we take about man, talk about mankind now. Mankind is a product of God's creation. We think about salvation. It's kind of like God uh, creating. In fact, what is it? Ephesians chapter two says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter four talks about the new man created in righteousness and true holiness. So we think about let there be light. What is that? Before the new birth takes place, before man can ever see, before man would ever have a need of God. I've had people say almost like this. Say, preacher, I don't need God. I don't need God. God is just a crutch. I don't need a crutch. I can stand on my own. I don't have to lean on a crutch. God's not a crutch. Uh, by the way, I don't need it. Before man will say, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. He needs light, the light of God. Then what does this light bring out? The second day, look at verse 6. The second day, it says, And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. The firmament. We think about that that houses uh, sort of the sun, moon, and stars. We think of all the galaxies in which earth is found. Water over and water below. Heaven above and hell beneath, my friend. What does light do? It sort of hangs man right in between. This is separation. Hangs man right in between heaven and earth. Just like we think about the firmament is right in the middle of the two 
waters there. And with the throne of God above, and we think about hell beneath. So what does the light of God do for man? Oh, it shows him his condition and his relationship to heaven and hell. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. How is he going to shun hell? Verse 9. Verse 9, it says, And God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. <laughs> what? He just said, Let the dry land appear. Well, what does he make it out of? Makes it out of nothing. He just said, Let the dry land appear. It just kind of hit, rises from nothing. He just raises it from nothing. All the dry land. He just sort of resurrects it from nothing. So, what about man as he has light? All right. All right, hangs in between heaven and hell. And then what from there? With the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If a man puts his confidence in the gospel, we think about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. We think about the blood atonement, the blood that was shed there at Calvary, my friend. I put my trust in that in 1966. What happened? Oh, God raised me. I mean, just he found nothing and raised me and picked me up. It's like the statement made in the book of Ephesians. It says, uh, it talks about uh, you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, made alive. And it said he has raised us up together with Christ. In fact, uh, the book of Romans, if you've been being risen with Christ, you know. So I have light among between heaven and hell. The gospel provides a way whereby I can be raised. That's one day, two days, three days. What happened on the fourth? What happened on the fourth day, which is verse fourteen? The fourth day, and God said, "Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night." And of course, God makes two greater lights: the greater light to rule by day, and the lesser light to rule by night. The sun, the moon, and then of course the stars. Now, what's that? Man gets the light of God. Hangs in between heaven and hell. And uh, then we're raised. Then what happens? All right. What, is, what, what am I supposed to do now after this raised condition? What am I now? I'm like a light. Here uses these lights to give light to the earth physically. We need to give light to the earth spiritually. What is this? We think about the moon is a type of the church in the sense that the moon gets its light from the sun. So we shine for the Lord. We're like stars in Daniel chapter 12, the soul winner is. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Ye are the light of the world. And when this light, my friend, is manifested, when this light is presented to the world, what happens? Chapter 1, verse 20, verse, verse 20, and then this is the fifth day, what takes place? When light is given to the world, when the gospel is presented to the world, what does God do? And God said that the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that had life. My friend, the light brings life. Isn't it good that as we tell others about Jesus Christ, we talk about being a soul winner, as we tell others about Christ, that my friend, we can see some of those saved. And when somebody gets saved, it's like, they were dead in trespasses and sin. And now they've been given life, not only just life on this earth, but everlasting life. So light brings life. Now, verse 26, and the favorite part of the message. Verse 26, man created in the image of God. Now in Adam, we lost this image because by the time you get to chapter 3, you find man has sinned. What does God want for us today? As we have the light of God put between heaven and hell, 
we choose to go the direction of the cross. And my friend, we are lights into this world. And there's lights in this world helps us to bring life. And in doing so, what are we doing? Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. It says we're predestinated to be conformed to the image of God's Son. We're pleasing Jesus Christ, my friend. We're beginning to take and be. God wants us to be just like his Son, my friend. As his Son is holy, as his Son is merciful, as his Son is filled with love, my friend, concerning the world. God wants us to be as his Son, conformed to the image of his dear Son. And then when that is true, my friend, after God saves us and we're a light into the world, and my friend, we see the life God is taking and, and giving as we see life, as we see it in the local church, see people born again and saved, see life comes as means of radio, as means we think about the radio program sometimes brings out the truth and uh, missionary activity. As God gives life, what's happening? God is taking and using us to be conformed to the image of his son. And then the seventh day, Genesis chapter 2, God rested. He saw everything that he made was good. He was satisfied. So I'm going to say the only satisfaction in life comes from pleasing the Lord. In the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 107, verse 9, it says, He satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. David said in Psalm 55, 6, O that I had wings uh, like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. For the child of God, I can rest, have peace and satisfaction in my heart, and knowing also I have a future and an eternal rest in heaven, and knowing I'm trying to please his son. So mankind, after God saves him, we see it's perfectly pictured in the six days of creation and then in God's eternal rest. Do you belong to the Savior? Trust him to be your Savior and your Lord. Until next week, Fisher Munn saying goodbye.